0: Nicolosi will take the snap, fires across for Horton, blazes
1: his way forward, gets out of a tackle, now turns on the Jets, up to the 30, the 20,
0: 10, 5, Tory Horton, back to the end zone. After that 28-yard play, guess who? Body up the middle, making another move to the outside. 15,
1: 10, end zone again. Pulls it, keeps it, nice move, Byron Brown, he's got space, he's got six! 35-yard touchdown for Byron Brown, a record-setting night for the South Florida quarterback continues.
0: Broncos 3-4 on third down so far, a little bit of a high snap, Jenty right up the middle, Jenty has room, Ashton Genty. give him six! Play of big plays, second and long.
1: Lagarde tries to finish! the g5 hive all g5 all the time welcome to episode 27 of the g5 hive where we aim to bring you all the honey and g5 college football how are you doing tonight luke
0: i'm doing pretty well how are you
1: doing well doing well uh we debuted our new intro 2024 intro today.
0: Yep. You did a great job, Justice. I would not know the first thing that I'm doing on on that and you you knocked it out of the park.
1: Thanks, man. It's uh I think the the hardest thing is trying to get the audio lined up and and getting uh getting the volumes right and all that. That's that's kind of the hard part. Rest so it's not too bad, but yeah, little little change up there. We we had uh what was a Tory Horton, uh Ashton Genty, Ishmael Mahdi, Byron Brown, the and Jalen Royals. Yeah, yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Uh, also this week, you and I were on Chasing the Natty, uh, which uh, we recorded yesterday. That was released earlier today. And talking about G5 coaching changes, uh, we talked about, I think, I guess eleven. Does that sound right
0: 10 yeah, i think we well, had 10 we had maybe ten, 11 but then, with,
1: uh, yeah 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 he wanted to talk about georgia state with del mcgee yep. so we and we talked about 11 uh 11 coaching changes there some of them were ones we had previously done um in our series here on this podcast and then a couple um that we're actually going to talk about again tonight with uh jmu and georgia state so good stuff um definitely check it out uh we did a really really deep dive for that podcast um talked about some names a little bit and more in depth than perhaps we talked about on our own show um you know we gave you know looked at more like um wide receivers and like who to target in terms of slot versus outside that kind of stuff uh so yeah good stuff uh go check it out on chasing the Natty. they uh, it's available on youtube and wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: And, and a shout out to Jared, giving us uh, two two chances to really get out there. You know, we did the mock draft with Chasing the Natty. Um, I don't know, about a month ago at this point or, or close to it. And then this highlight. So getting our name out there, getting, getting some movement. And hopefully that leads to a couple bigger things coming, you know, this spring and summer going forward.
1: Yeah, definitely excited for what we have, what Luke and I have planned for you guys. So stay tuned for that. Um, But we'll head on over to the news and notes, what the Swarm needs to know. Uh, So this past week, the college football playoff group approved the five and seven model. Um, I think that was expected. I know a lot of folks were what, and and so that's five automatic qualifiers from the top five conferences. So that's... um, the P4, and then one G5 conference, and then seven at large. Um, the PAC2, they aren't eligible for one of those five spots. A lot of people, and it had to be a unanimous vote. And so a lot, I think a lot of people thought that maybe the G5 would not vote to approve this. Because if they kept it the six and six, then that would have meant two G5 conferences got at largest. Um, but you know, they did approve it. What do, what do you think about that, Luke?
0: Uh, I, I mean, I think it's it's good. Um, what I was more afraid of would have been because Washington State and Oregon State, right, they, they had a, I don't know if it's an injunction or a suit against the NCAA to keep the Pac-12 name. So, actually, they have the rights to the Pac-12, and it's just those two. So, and I think they have a seat at the table.
1: Well I mean, they might have a seat, they might have to see the table to vote. Right. But so they don't have a so seat we, the table in terms of um an automatic bid. Because right. You have to you have to have eight teams in your
0: conference to get the automatic bid. So yeah, they were part of the vote. But I would have thought if you're going to try to keep the pack 12 in the future. Like, that's kind of what I gained from this or gleaned from it is, hey, if we are going to try to build up the Pac-12 or we're going to try to take the Mountain West and take teams from there to make the Pac-12, I want to keep the six and six so I can get my automatic berth. Okay, we're now voting five and seven. That tells me the Pac-12 future is is spoken for. It's done. That's what. That's what I got out of that. Yeah,
1: that's 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 actually an interesting point. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think it's inevitable, right? Unless someone else comes calling, like the 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 pack two pack whatever. It's kind of done. Um, I think you know people say, well, why would the G five approve this and not um, stick with the six and six so they got two automatic bids i think i mean the only reason i can come up with this is kind of an act of good faith right if they had kind of said no we're not going to approve it and we get for the next uh two years we're going to get two teams then when it comes back up for vote in 2026 maybe the others would be like hey you know we're not uh we're we're not going to include you at all anymore
0: and i think was probably, you know, I think a lot of these people are smart that are in the conversations and did due diligence in talking to others. And if they know that they're the only ones that are voting that way, then it makes sense to switch the vote. Now, if you've got, you know, strength in numbers, you know, if you've got like a third of the room that says no, well, hey, let's vote no, let's keep our two. And we know going into our next vote, two years, you know, we can't be have retaliation, you know, votes type thing. Yeah. But also, you know, maybe that's thinking, giving people too much credit and thinking about this stuff. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, regardless, it's approved five, seven, moving forward. One of the, uh, one of the more interesting rumors that did come out was should be a shock that the sec and the big 10 wanted eight automatic qualifiers. So uh, just from their schools, so that would only leave four more four more open, which just, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know anyone that's going to approve that, right? Like, who, who's going to approve that <laughs> other than I mean, the SEC just, and the Big
0: Ten? I mean, Justice, we all know. If that's what happened, Iowa would win a national championship. And people are just trying to keep <laughs> Iowa down. That's what this yeah. is about. People are trying I mean, to keep if Iowa there,
1: down. if there was a national championship for playing defense and scoring the least amount of points, Iowa would win that every year, buddy.
0: So, <laughs> this is obviously – not how
1: it works. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, like I said, not a shocker there. I mean, I think we've we talked about before at some point. Perhaps those two break off you know, they add some more, they break off and kind of kind of do their do own, their own thing. thing. Yep. Some there was some big uh G five news today that dropped. Um University of Massachusetts has joined the Maction. They have joined the Mac for all sports. Um they, they were they were one of, I guess, three independents left. So Notre Dame, UMass, and UConn are the three football independents that were left. And uh, UMass UMass has kind of left that fold. So starting in the 2025 football season, all their sports will be in the MAC. Um, kind of interesting move, I think. Uh, it's good for their football team. Um, basketball, maybe it's a good move. I don't know. I mean, from a conference standpoint, they were in the A-10. A-10 is a much better basketball conference than the MAC. Um, but they hadn't been to a, a NCAA tournament, I think, like in 10 years. So maybe they'll go to the MAC and they'll be the big dog in basketball. And they'll, they'll you know, keep making, uh, they'll start making some NCAA tournaments again. I don't know. But, you know, good news for the MAC.
0: Yeah, uh, MAC should get a easy win in football every time that they play uh, <laughs> UMass. Yeah, I mean, hopefully hopefully they can improve, right?
1: I mean, hopefully. We'll see.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, A little bit of coaching news. Some conferences that we had already uh, talked about. Uh, UTEP is hiring Ryan Stanchek as their new co-offensive coordinator and offensive line coach. He was previously the offensive line coach at Tulsa. I'm trying to remember. The, um, it the, is the Austin P guy, the other OC.
0: Uh, I don't recall off the top of my head.
1: I'm good. I, I it, as a guess, that's what I would think. Um, cause so many of the Austin P guys came over. Yep, um, yep. yep. So the, uh, some little player news, uh, Jaden Delore, while he was not technically, you know, never, never played in the G five. He was at Texas state for a few weeks. Um but he has entered the NFL draft Mike, i guess you know no one wanted to deal with any kind of baggage that he had and that's kind of why he had to leave uh texas state um personally i don't see him getting drafted he's probably going to end yeah. up you know up in the great north somewhere either the you know canadian cfl i would guess or maybe or maybe the maybe, maybe the Spring new League.
0: um maybe the new uh North American ice football, oh, yeah. or whatever, whatever that is. Maybe <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, he maybe yeah, he brings yeah. his speed to that.
1: <laughs> uh, I was thinking more along the the spring league, um, mm,
0: the USFL. But, but, yeah.
1: Um, UNLV quarterback Doug Brumfield has medically retired from football. Um, he was there. He was at UNLV. They brought in two transfer quarterbacks. Um, I don't think he was really had much of a chance of winning that job, but nonetheless he, he's done with football and that kind of you know just narrows it down to the to the two transfers there, person. You know, he, yep, one less yep. person. And probably the big news, the biggest piece of G5 news that Phil dropped, um, other than maybe some coaching news uh, recently is. Ball State running back Marquez Cooper to the transfer portal.
0: We'll see where he goes, but yeah, that's a big hit to Ball State. Uh, A lot of people are assuming it's San Diego State following over Sean Lewis um, as he was there at Kent State with him, so that would make a lot of sense, but we will see uh, where Marquez Cooper ends up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. San Diego State's kind of, like you said, the one that immediately comes to mind, um, you know, and, and reuniting there with uh, with Sean Lewis. They don't necessarily the like, that, need, a, need a running back, but, you know, he's he's this, he's Sean Lewis guy.
0: The thing that's most interesting about this move is that there are like the schools have already started their semesters, so he can't transfer in anywhere in the spring. No. And. I'll be curious if he's just put his name into the portal, but he's still doing classes because then, like, if anything, I would say that. Well,
1: like, he-, he couldn't be, that couldn't, well, I guess it could be, but in order to put his name in the portal, which has officially been in the portal, it means he has to be a grad transfer. Okay. So he has to have his degree. Um, and so that doesn't mean he wasn't doing grad work. He, yeah, he could have been doing grad work at Ball State for sure.
0: It just it just seems like from a athletic standpoint, why don't I just stay with Ball State? Go th- if I'm not if I'm not able to get a playbook and learn something from a the team that I'm gonna go to, why don't I just go through knowing I'm not gonna be here, go through meetings or whatever you have to do, but do your workouts so you stay in shape in your, your football shape and you get that portion of it spring uh session comes open for you to enter the portal then you just do it then i don't i don't understand the benefit of doing it right now well i mean maybe i'm missing something
1: i think uh, if he was to stay at Ball state then he's gonna go through spring practice you know all that stuff spring game you know and and so he runs the risk of injury
0: i guess But, but
1: that's probably really the, the, the biggest downside is that risk of injury okay um, uh, some spring practice news uh, Hawaii spring game was last night um, haven't really seen too much yet at this point but we'll, we'll be we'll keep a lookout maybe we'll have some uh, some news for you here in the very near future. Uh, unfortunately it wasn't televised. Uh, the Liberty spring game is this coming Saturday, March 2nd. And then we have a couple teams kicking off spring practice this week. Bowling Green starts uh, the 29th, and North Texas starts March 2nd with a spring game on uh, April
0: 6th. I'm excited to see what the, what North Texas looks like because we got uh, um, Zach Evans transfer. From Minnesota goes there Uh, they've got some interesting pieces uh, and I'm excited to see what that team looks like
1: yeah you know and unfortunately like most of these g5s the spring games aren't televised anywhere they're not on ESPN Um, so you know we'll be digging for news as they go through practice and on their games uh, to kind of share with you guys so so Hollywood how you doing tonight buddy Glad for you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for your support. All right, uh, moving on to our topic for this week: uh, the transfer portal and the Sun Belt, as well as coaching changes. There aren't uh, too many coaching changes, at least with this half of the Sun Belt. We're going to split it up half and half, uh, kind of like we did the Mountain West, just due to, due to the sheer number of teams. Um, And the first team up are the Appalachian State Mountaineers.
0: All right. Coaching changes. We don't have any. We got a new, you know, new coaching staff in here this last year. They're going to run it back here for year two. So a lot of things will stay the same. Who's leaving? Who's coming? Justice.
1: So they lose uh, last year's opening game starter and subsequent backup, Ryan Berger. He is off to Liberty. Running back, um, Nate Noel, is off to Missouri. Wide receiver, Deshaun Davis, is in the transfer portal. They also lose three starting offensive linemen. Uh, They do bring some talent in. They're bringing over uh, quarterback Charles Wright over from Texas to uh, to back up Joey Aguilar. Wide receiver, uh, one time was a pretty high recruit for Louisville. Um, William Foles wide receiver coming over from Louisville and then another power five receiver and Xavier short coming over from South Carolina. Uh, As I mentioned, you know, just a few seconds ago, Joey Aguilar does return um, as their quarterback. He uh, he was a uh, top option, you know, for for CFF last year um, from the G5. Uh, and, And he did He did the start. I think he started what game three, maybe game two. Yeah, two
0: or he, three, two or three. He didn't start
1: the whole season. Berger kind of started and then got hurt, and then Aguilar took over and kind of and kind of you know took the job. Uh, Ryan Berger got wally pipped, I guess you would say. Um, yeah. But yeah, you know, Joey Aguilar had a, had a great season last year: three thousand seven hundred fifty-four yards, thirty-three touchdowns, um, two hundred and sixty-eight yards a game. Yeah. Great, great season from Joey Aguilar. They they had the the passing attack working last year for Appalachia State. Um, Despite losing Nate Noel, you know, their running back room uh, returns a lot. Um, They do share the ball quite a bit there. And, uh, you know, Nate Noel was hurt uh, throughout last year. They got other guys, some run. Uh, Kanye Roberts returns. Here's their leading returning rusher. He had 696 yards and seven touchdowns uh, last season. Uh, Miguel Haywood also returns. Uh, He came over last season from uh, Navy. He was their second-leaning rusher, 318 yards. And Amani Marshall, um, who didn't do too much last year, but if you go back to uh, 2022, he uh, he, he did a little bit more. Maybe he'll get a little bit more run this year. He only had 65 yards last season. Um, all three of those guys return. I Don't really have any concerns in terms of the production. Um, I think the big thing is it's going to be a committee like it generally always is. Sometimes in the years past, the number one of that committee has been uh, useful for fantasy purposes. Last year, Nate Noel had 825 yards, five touchdowns. Um, Who is that going to be? My first guess would be Kanye Roberts, but, you know, we'll we'll kind of see uh, how things shake out there in spring practice. Going over to the receivers, um, other than Deshaun Davis, and uh, they pretty much returned their top uh, receivers. Uh, Caden Robinson was their top receiver last year. He had uh, 67 catches on 91 targets for 905 yards and 10 touchdowns. He returned Christian horn returns uh, 566 yards and six touchdowns. Makai Jackson returns Dalton Strowman returns uh, tight end Eli Wilson returns. Um, so, I mean, just a lot of, you know, at least in the skill positions, they got a lot of returning production um, coming back, but. Along the offensive line, they do have uh, three of their starters are graduating, moving on. So that's to replace those. Um, but I, I just feel like in general, not, not too much concern here for the Appalachian State offense and kind of picking up where they left off from last year.
0: I think they're going to just <clears> – <throat> the Sun Belt has a lot of – has some changes – you know, JMU, we'll get to them later. They're not going to – I'm not as sold on JMU uh, going forward. I think App State is currently who I would pick to win the Sun Belt right now as of today. Yeah, yeah. Um And I don't think they're going to do it in a, you know, a sexy way. They're just going to grind out some wins, run the ball, and I just – Hopefully, uh, they play in a couple more games that are not like that bowl game, right? Because they played in that tsunami,
1: that... yeah, and <laughs> uh, down in Orlando,
0: yeah. So, um, Either yeah, one of the game I... they had like
1: 15 or 16 fumbles, something like that,
0: yeah. So, I think, I think App State, uh, primed to be Sun Belt, Sun Belt champions
1: in, in terms of returning production overall. The team they ranked third in the Sun Belt. 65th in all of FBS uh, looking at the offensive only um, they rank uh, looks like uh, 23rd in offense only in the FBS so yeah uh, a lot going for Appalachia State coming into this season uh, next up is the Arkansas State Red Wolves
0: again no changes here a lot of the continuity staying the same um, head coach, right? Is it Butch Jones? Is that the head coach, I believe? That's correct. So that team running the same. Uh, got a great quarterback wide receiver coming in. So can't wait to see how they utilize him. Right, Justice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Malik Hornsby. Uh, but yeah, coaching, coaching changes-wise, I don't think there'll be much of a change. I don't know, you know, how many guys are really losing, but last year they were six and seven. They are probably a game better, but they're probably right around that five hundred in in this conference.
1: The um, so you know not not much coaching change and not much personnel change either. They are number one in the Sun Belt in terms of returning production. They do lose uh, backup quarterback Jackson Daly. He's over to Northern Iowa. Um, quarterback JT Shrout is out of eligibility. And wide receiver Jeff Foreman, who seems like he was there forever, is also out of eligibility. Hmm. Um, the only player uh, of any note that is coming in is, is who Luke alluded to earlier. Um, wide re- supposedly he's coming in to play wide receiver. Uh, Malik Hornsby, Texas State. It wouldn't shock me that he's the backup quarterback like Jalen Rayner. Jalen Rayner goes down week one. Lee Corns going to be the quarterback. That's just how, kind of how I feel. Um, so, yeah, like be interesting to see what kind of eligibility he gets on fan tracks. If he's a receiver, he might be worth like a, a late, um, a late round pick and hoping and, and maybe Rayner gets hurt and they throw Hornsby out there quarterback. Right.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know how great those stats would be, but yeah, stranger good.
1: things can happen, there, right? I mean, yeah,
0: yeah.
1: I mean, he, he, it, it's like it's worth it, it. It could be worth a potential dart throw, provided he's a wide he's wide receiver eligible.
0: Um, I've definitely it, had worse picks, but it's an easy. I feel like you need a a drop a player. It's an easy drop, and you don't feel bad about it.
1: Absolutely. Um. They do have quarterback Jalen Rayner returning, a uh, true freshman last year. Kind of burst on the scene, I think, like week four, maybe three. Uh, he had 2,543 yards passing, 17 touchdowns. Um, the excitement for him is kind of his, his, his rushing ability, 380 yards, five rushing touchdowns. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of people thought that he might leave, that he might enter the portal this year. Uh, He's decided to stay at Arkansas State and kind of lead that offense. Uh, The running backs, Jacquez Cross returns, Zach Wallace returns, their top two. Um, Cedric Hawkins also returns. Uh, Jacquez Cross was their top rusher last season, 716 yards, seven touchdowns, uh, 55 yards a game. Looking at the receivers, they do lose Jeff Foreman. They bring in Malik Hornby to play receiver. Uh, Corey Rucker returns; he was their leading receiver last year. Um, this this is like this is a terrible stat line in terms of like drops or I don't know if it's all drops or what, but he caught 36 balls on 82 targets. Uh, that's 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 not good. 705 yards, two touchdowns. Courtney Jackson, their second leading receiver. Had 689 yards and seven touchdowns. Um, see, their top tight end. Miller McCrumby returns, but to ease not really anything uh, that you're interested in from a fantasy perspective. Um, offensive line, they only lose one offensive lineman. So, yeah, um, you know, things should hopefully improve for Arkansas State. Maybe they'll get to uh, get to bowl eligibility. Um and maybe have a chance to, to win the West. All right. Next up is the coastal Carolina Chanticleers.
0: No coaching changes. I mean, we did just have a change last year. Tim Beck coming over being the, the head coach there. So they're going to run it back here. Year two, um, projection for this team, uh, I feel like they will be top half of the league for sure. They definitely lose a lot of guys that you'll talk about. Um, but getting Noah Kim in at quarterback should help, but they they are losing, you know, in my opinion, that the heart of the offense in, you know, great, you know, Grayson McCall, who pisses teal. I mean, it's, yeah. it's in his blood. Um, Sam Pickney and Jared Brown, uh, Jared Brown, you know, going over to South Carolina, but I, I think losing those three really, really hurts this team. So I feel like it's going to be hard to replicate what they did last year. Um, but yeah, yeah and, and, I guess and, no coaching changes. Justice, I'll let you talk about who's coming, who's, who's going there.
1: Like you said, Grayson McCall's gone. Uh, he's gone off to NC state, um, Losing him's big. He he kind of feel like he was like you know he he was their their best player and, and kind of put them on the map, right? Um, and, and he's gone. Uh, backup quarterback Jared Guest is gone over to Bryant. Running back C.J. Beasley is off to Georgia State. Running back Reese White out of eligibility. Wide receiver Sam Pinkney is out of eligibility. Wide receiver Jared Brown is off to South Carolina. And wide receiver Tyson Mobley is off to Liberty. They do bring some talent in. Um, as you mentioned, they bring in quarterback Noah Kim coming over from Michigan State. Running back Christian Washington coming over from New Mexico. And wide receiver Seneca McKee coming over from UNLV. Uh, quarterback room, uh, I'd imagine it's going to be a battle in the spring between Ethan Vasco and Noah Kim. Um I'd probably gonna give the uh, give the edge to Vasco, right? He's been in the system uh, a year now. Uh, I thought he played well in his in the in the. I think he had two starts uh, at, the, at the end of the last season. Thought he played well in those two games. Um, uh, Got I I'm just gonna give the the edge to Vasco. Uh, running backs, uh, they do return Braden Bennett, who was their leading rusher last year. But he only had 407 yards, five touchdowns. Um, Max Baltazar returns. Javan Simpkins returns. And then, as I mentioned, Christian Washington is transferring in, coming over for New Mexico. Uh, the receiver room, they lose their top two guys. Uh, their top returning receiver is Jamison Tucker, a sophomore, who had uh, 34 targets last year, caught 20 balls, 423 yards, and three touchdowns. Now, you know if there other other than you know Grayson McCall and Ethan Vasco when he was the starter, um, the receivers you know were were some viable assets from a CFF perspective. Uh, Sam Pinkney broke the thousand yard mark last year, thousand twenty seven yards, eight touchdowns. Jared Brown had 740 yards and four touchdowns. So definitely we, we want to pay attention to who is going to be, you know, that, uh, that number one receiving option for coastal Carolina. Um, and, and they, you know, someone that can help us out on our fancy football teams uh, looking at their offensive line. They only lose one starter from last year. So not too bad there. Um, I think, you know, I think the key to them is going to be, you know, having some receivers step up Um for you know Vasco, or if it happens to be Noah Kim, that's kind of be the kind of I think big area to pay attention to in the spring. Is, is there a receiver kind of stepping up into that wide receiver one role?
0: And then did I'm not sure. I guess I didn't pay much attention, but do we know who called the plays? Do you, Do we know if it was Tim Beck or if it was the OC Travis Trickett? I don't.
1: I don't know off the top of my head. I don't know.
0: So just you know some breakdowns. Uh, of this, not including last year. So this is not including last year, but uh, Tim Beck's quarterbacks average 25.38 points per game in a six-point-per-touchdown league. The running back one um, gets you 16 points per game. So that was a little bit less this last year. So maybe it's not Tim Beck, I guess. And then he's also had two one thousand yard receivers in his in his time as an OC, you know, at Texas and whatnot. So um, that's a potential. And then if it's Travis Trickett, that's something you pretty much just don't want any part of. Q- QB's average 19 points per game, running backs average 8 points per game, and wide receivers, he's only had one 1,000-yard 1, uh, receiver. That was Penny Hart in 2017. Um, but, yeah, his wide receiver one's average, let's see here, 15.2. So not bad for a wide receivers, which kind of lines up with with how they were this last year. So
1: Yeah, the receivers were okay in a quarterback. Running back that so they want no
0: part of. So maybe it maybe it's a trick it system. I mean he did follow him him over. Uh he did follow Tim back over. So maybe that would maybe make sense. But yeah. So you definitely don't want a running back and maybe you can take a stab at a Quarterback or a wide receiver, but I'm probably just steering clear of Coastal Carolina for fantasy purposes this year.
1: I mean, I think if Vasco wins the job, I, I, you know, I could see someone taking a stab at him late in the draft just because of his rushing ability. I mean, he was he was the second leading rusher, and he yeah. only played like two and a half games, so uh, he had three hundred and I think ninety yards somewhere, something like that, uh, last year. So his rushing ability, if he's going to be the starter, that that could get him on a, on a
0: college fantasy football roster.
1: All right, uh, moving over to the Georgia Southern Eagles.
0: All right, Georgia Southern Eagles. Uh, coaching changes out just, you know, last week, two weeks ago. It was relatively uh, not, I mean, I don't want to say relatively soon. It was wasn't that long ago. Uh Brian Ellis, he was the OC. He goes to become the Alabama tight end coach. And in comes new OC Ryan Applin. He was Georgia Southern's tight end coach. So this will be the first time he's calling plays. Will he actually be calling plays? Personally, I hope not. Hopefully, uh it, you know, it's Clay Hilton. Again, this team limped into the bowl season this last year, uh, pretty much got bowl eligible and then decided hey Sunbelt how can we help every one of you get into uh, a bowl here's some wins but I, I did take a look at Ryan Applin, and here's what we have in 2018 and 2019 he was the OC at North Alabama in 2020 he was the co-OC at Western Michigan
1: Western Kentucky
0: oh yeah sorry Western Kentucky um his averages during that time are 23.69 points per game, 32 pass attempts, and 32 rush attempts. His quarterbacks have averaged 19.41 points per game. Running backs, the rushing share. So the quarterbacks do run the ball in his system. So the running back one will get 37.59% of the rushes for 9.57 points per game. Wide receiver one, seasonal average is forty five receptions, five hundred and fifteen yards, and four touchdowns, good for eleven point four five points per game. I don't really want any part of that. Um, so again, Clay Helton probably takes the you know takes the coaching, but that was a team that was limping at the end of the year. So it'll be interesting to see how how the Eagles play this year. Justice, who do we got coming and going?
1: Well, they lose their starting quarterback, uh, Davis Brown. He is out of eligibility. They also lose uh, quarterback Bo Allen, who had transferred in last year from Kentucky. He had to sit last year out, um, and then he transferred back to Kentucky. Uh, They lose uh, their do-everything all-star CFF stud wide receiver Caleb Hood, who is out of eligibility. Wide receiver Anthony Queeley is out of eligibility. Tight end J.J. McAfee, out of eligibility. Tight end Keaton Upshaw, out of eligibility. And they lose three of their starting offensive linemen. They do bring in a couple guys. They bring in um, quarterback Dexter Williams second coming over from Indiana. Wide receiver L- L.V. Bunkley Shelton, coming over from Oklahoma. And tight end Tyler Fromm, coming over from Auburn. Uh, returning at quarterback is J.C. French, who did uh, get some run time last year. He was really more used for his legs last year um, than really passing the ball. Uh, so, be interesting battle I think between uh, French and Dexter Williams. Uh, something that definitely I think we should at least pay attention to, just based on the historical uh, production from that quarterback position. Although I don't know that either one of them is a very you know prolific passer, and maybe maybe you're going to see more running out of the quarterback than what we've seen in the past. and um, so maybe that'll help help offset the lack of uh, lack of passing from the two uh, running back, Jalen White returns. He was their leading rusher a year ago, 889 yards, nine touchdowns, eighty uh, just under 81 yards per game. OJ Arnold also returns 411 yards, four touchdowns last year, uh, just over 41 yards per game. Looking at the receivers, kind of where the um, a lot of the uh, a lot of the production is gone with losing uh, two receivers and two tight ends. Their leading returning receiver will be Derwin Burgess Jr., who last season had 74 catches on 109 targets. 813 yards and six touchdowns. Dalen Cobb also returns uh their third leading receiver, 40 catches, 59 on 59 targets, 601 yards and two touchdowns. As I mentioned Caleb Hood is gone. So that's a uh, he vacates 133 targets, 101 catches, 948 yards and five touchdowns. Um tight end JJ McAfee who uh who was, you know, somewhat productive by tight end standards. Uh, last season, 378 yards and four touchdowns is gone. The backup tight end, Keaton Upshaw, 173 yards, two touchdowns is gone. So, you know, I, my personal opinion is, you know, Tyler Fromm coming over from Auburn, you know, maybe he's someone uh, you can look at uh, to get some uh, tight end production, you know, at the end of drafts. Um, they, their next. Well, their third tight end, their third leading tight end is also gone out of eligibility, Bo Johnson. uh, So that the only uh, returning production that they have is Evan Lester Jr., who caught two balls for 22 yards, and Elijah Walton, who caught one ball for seven yards. Um, I'd like Tyler Fromm's chances of starting there at tight end for uh, Georgia Southern. Dalen Cobb probably moves into the starting role. And... um, not sure who's gonna kind of take over that other, you know, they. I think they. I think they usually run three receivers. Um, not sure who who that who that third guy will be at this point, but definitely something to pay attention to for uh, spring ball. As I mentioned, they do lose three offensive line stars that they're going to have to replace. Um, it. I mean, I think you, all the signs point to maybe a little bit of a downtick, right? for the offense as a whole, Um, at least the passing game anyway. Um, So, you know, maybe maybe temper your expectations there a little bit, kind of see how they look in the spring and and go from there.
0: Yeah, I'm hoping I've got Burgess left over on a couple teams that uh, I'm hoping he's able to produce at least wide receiver two numbers for me, which I hope should be the case, but we, we will see.
1: All right, uh, uh, staying in the state of Georgia and going over to the Georgia State Panthers.
0: All right, coaching changes out. Head coach Sean Elliott goes to become the South Carolina tight end coach. In comes new head coach Del McGee, the former running backs coach at Georgia. Um, Interesting, Uh, really hated. There's a lot of things here i don't know any of these people's personal lives what they have going on as i get older you know their priorities in my life change but you know dropping out or you know quitting on the team into spring practice not a big fan of that you know at least just you know do the last 15 you know i guess 13 practices or whatever and then head out I mean, maybe you feel like you're doing the team a disservice by doing that. So you want to, you know, head out early to get a new guy to come in. I don't know. There's there's a sour taste in my mouth with really how that went down. But, again, I don't know what people got going on in their personal lives. Maybe, you know, something you can't really control, etc. cetera. And then not official, uh, but it's a rumor right now that Jim Cheney uh, will be the offensive coordinator at Georgia State. Um, he was the OC at uh, Georgia, Tennessee, Arkansas, um, and then Kevin, is it Shurer? Shurer? sure Schurr? yeah. Shurer, uh, as a defensive coordinator, and he's worked for teams like Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, and the New York Giants and Georgia Tech. So we will see what that staff looks like. It definitely will look different than it probably is today when you get a new head coach in this late. maybe it looks the same for a year, and then it changes. We'll we'll see.
1: Yeah, the um, the Jim Cheney news is not exciting for college fans football. No. Um, so yeah, it's kind of a, kind of a downer there. Um, but you know, as, as we talked yesterday on Jared's show on chasing the Natty, like they they lose they lose a lot. So I think they got, you the know,
0: cut, they got their their work cut out for them, and and. McGee is supposed to be a really good recruiter he's there in Georgia he's been there for a long time hopefully uh, he can bring in some kids and you know he's been recruiting the state of Georgia pretty well so hopefully he can maybe steal a couple guys here or there and and then like you mentioned yesterday maybe they become a a team that gets Georgia's rejects of you know guys that maybe don't see the field um, and come there go play for a year and then maybe recoup some of their stock
1: yeah, there was, you know, I guess moving moving to who they're losing, and we'll talk about what that means for the positions. But um, just in terms of returning production from an offensive standpoint only, they rank 132nd out of uh, a 134 teams. Six, uh, maybe
0: 136 100, now. Might be
1: 135 now with Kennesaw State, but it, it's 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 down at the bottom. Um, they rank uh, they rank 12th in the Sun Belt, so. They, they lose a lot, um, a lot of personnel in addition to all the coaching changes. Uh, they do everything. Quarterback Darren Granger is out of eligibility. Uh, quarterback Michael Collisardo is in the transfer portal. Running back Marcus Carroll is off to Missouri. Running back KZ Adams is off to South Carolina State. Wide receiver Robert Lewis over to Auburn. Uh, wide receiver Jakari Carter, Talik Williams, and Rico Arnold are all in the portal. Uh, They lose four of their starting offensive linemen as well as their top two reserves. Um, Yeah, just not good news from a returning production standpoint. They do bring some some pieces back in. Uh, Quarterback Zach Gibson comes over from Georgia Tech. Running back Dominique Thomas coming from Clemson. Running back C.J. Beasley uh, comes over from Coastal Carolina we talked about earlier um you you know you gotta assume that uh zach gibson is is gonna be their starter um they don't really have anyone else there um i think to kind of to fill that starter role so i think zach Gibson is looking like he's gonna be the starter at quarterback at running back um the uh the big name at the end of last year in their bowl game Freddie Brock he does return um and my guess is you know they're gonna He's going to be part of a committee, especially if it's um, Jim Chaney as their offensive coordinator. I think yesterday we thought that maybe running back would be the one bright spot, um, given the fact that they they do seem to have some talent there at running back. Um, but, you know, if it's going to be Chaney as the head coach, that, that's got all the makings of a running back uh, committee there. So not sure that you're even going to see any any kind of fantasy value there at running back. Um and as I mentioned earlier, receiver is a mess. They lose their their top uh three receivers. Uh they do return their leading returning receiver is Kadarius Thomas who uh, had caught 25 balls for 266 yards and three touchdowns. Um they do return some guys that uh you know had some potential at one point with Josias Credle uh, returning last year. He caught 14 balls, 142 yards. And then uh, Peter Kikwata, who was a, uh, I think, a four-star by some recruiting services and a three-star by all the others. He uh, originally was at Old Dominion. Uh, After his first year at Old Dominion, he transferred over to Georgia State. He is still there. Uh, Perhaps they can get something going. And like I said, offensive line's a mess. Uh, this this team, and especially with the Jim Cheney news, uh, just looks like a total avoid for me. I don't there's not I don't have any reason to invest in anyone from Georgia State at this point.
0: Wasn't there a unique, uh, I'll just say, like connection or whatnot with Dominique Thomas? at Clemson? Well, there
1: that's because um, I think uh, yesterday Jared mentioned that uh, was a streeter. Might, oh, might might, might come OC. over and be the OC, um, and so they would have some co- you know connection from Clemson. But uh, current rumors, that's not good. That's not the case. So, all right, all right. Moving on to the James Madison Dukes,
0: the unofficial champions, right of of the Sun Belt. That this might be one of those teams that goes like from. First to close to worse. I don't think they will be worse, but it'll, uh,
1: I mean, I don't think
0: so. It's, no. it, it's going to be a, I, I'd
1: be a surprised if they team. dominate the conference like they have though.
0: Yeah. So out as Kirk Sinney goes, becomes a head coach at Indiana, DC Bryant Hines goes to be the defensive coordinator there, Indiana and OC Mike Shanahan. Oh my God. We got a Super Bowl champion here, uh, going to be the OC at Indiana. But in comes new head coach, Bob Chesney, Holy Cross head coach, then OC Dean Kennedy was the offensive coordinator at Holy Cross, and then Lyle Hempfield. Uh DC is Duke was Duke's safety coach. But yeah, gonna be the new DC. What does that mean for James Madison? Well, uh, Bob Chesney was the head coach at Holy Cross from 2018 to 2023. During that time, they averaged 29.76 points per game, 23.8 pass attempts per game, and 40.3 rush attempts per game. The RB1 averages 34.07% of the rushing share. The QB has averaged 32.8, so nice running quarterback uh in his system which is interesting as you know justice will talk about who's coming and leaving uh running back one has uh averages 802.3 yards on 138 attempts and about eight touchdowns good for 12.52 points per game your quarterback alone is on the ground has averaged 14.68 points with uh passing 25.99 and wide receiver one averages 45 receptions 681 yards and seven touchdowns good for 13.62 points per game so that's kind of an idea when we go into the players justice who do we've got leaving and coming
1: uh they lose quite a bit on the offense as you might imagine following most of them following uh signetti signetti over to indiana uh, they lose quarterback Jordan McLeod, who, strangely enough, is still in the transfer portal. Uh, running back Kalen Black is falling uh, Cignetti over to Indiana. Running back Tyson Lawton, also over to Indiana. Running back Latrell Palmer is out of eligibility. Wide receiver Elijah Surratt over to Indiana. Wide receiver Reggie Brown is out of eligibility. Wide receiver Phoenix Sproles is out of eligibility. And tight end Zach Horton is off to Indiana. Now, they do bring in some talent. Uh, they bring in quarterback Dylan Morse, former, uh, I think, five-star, four-star guy, coming over from Washington. Uh, another highly rated recruit, running back George Petaway, coming up over from uh, North Carolina. Running back Ayo Ade coming over from North Texas. Running back Tyler Purdy. Following the coach, coaching staff over from Holy Cross, wide receiver Cameron Ross, uh, coming from UConn, wide receiver Nakai Poole, Mississippi State, and tight end Logan Kyle Vanderbilt. Um, as we mentioned, they do lose Jordan McLeod, they bring in Dylan Morris, uh, Brett Griffiths, Alonzo Barnett, and Billy Atkins all return at quarterback. Um, and we talked about this, you know, yesterday. Dylan Morris is just a, a weird fit based on what um, these coaches have done in the past, right? He offers no rushing upsides to speak of. Um, the last few years uh, with Matt who's over at UNLV, um, he's like what, 1, 13, 1400 yards in a season. Um, you're not going to see that kind of rushing production from Dylan Morris. Um, so it just seems like a strange fit for the offense.
0: Yeah. His so this is uh Saluka's last three years, 2021, 868 rushes or er, uh, rushing yards in 2022, a little over 1200. And in 2023, a little over 1200 again. So, yeah, just, yeah.
1: Dylan Morris doesn't fit what they've done in the past um, in terms of, you know, a running quarterback and certainly a running quarterback to lead the, Lead the uh, lead the team in rushing, um, you know Griffiths and Barnett. They're they're definitely better rushers than Dylan Morris, but I don't know. I just gotta believe Dylan Morris. I think was probably brought there for a reason. Um, so gonna gonna have to give him the edge um, heading into the spring. Um, running backs, like I said, they bring in um, Adae from North Texas and George Petaway, uh both similar in stature. The, the only concern I have with the two quarterbacks is neither one of them is great in pass protection. Um, and so, you know, if, if Dylan Morris is going to be the starting quarterback, um, they're going to need running backs that that can be capable of pass protection. So that's, that's just a little bit of word of caution there uh, with those two running backs. They're definitely both talented. Um, and, and perhaps they will take over that market share left by not having a running quarterback. Um, we'll see um, receivers. They lose a lot um, at receiver. Um, they lose their one, two, three, four, five, their top six uh, receivers from last year. Um, as I mentioned, they do bring in Cameron Ross. Um, but as we, as we discussed on chasing and now yesterday, this system, the number one receiver is typically an outside guy. Cameron Ross, to this point, at least at UConn, was used primarily in the slot. Um, if you're looking at um, you know, one of the outside guys, perhaps uh, Taji Hudson or Troy Lewis or Maxwell Moss, uh, who are returners, or maybe Nakai Poole, who came over from, over from Mississippi State, uh, would be ones to look at. Um, offensive line they lose uh two starters there um so yeah i'm just i'm just really i think to me the story is kind of see if dylan morris is going to be the starter how this offense changes um so
0: so with um bob chesney previously before uh saluka came in he had two pocket quarterbacks okay in 20 in 2018 it was uh Jeff Wade and in 2019, it was Connor Degrahart, uh, without rushing stats put in because they're minimal like 55 total yards and no touchdowns in 2019 and like 200 in 2018. So, like, you're not really getting anything, maybe a point if that. Uh, the quarterback's average points per game, um. 13.55 points yeah. per game. Nothing too exciting, um, right? So in twenty eighteen it was what what the uh, running
1: backs look like.
0: Uh, running oh, the good running quarterbacks.
1: I just no. wonder like, did the running backs did did he have some thousand yard running backs back then when he didn't um he wasn't giving all the carries to the quarterback?
0: Um <clears throat> no the Running back one in 2018, Dominique Cozier had 643 yards on 130 attempts, eight touchdowns. And then in 2019, same running back, he did have 1,147 yards. So he did have a 1,000-yard rusher. I don't know what Dominique was in 2018. Maybe he was a freshman. I I do not know that. So he got 13 attempts per game in 2018 and then 15 in 2019. So he's pretty effective with with those. So those stats, uh, he was 11.23 points per game in 2018 and 13.06 points per game in 2019. So did have a 1,000-yard rusher maybe uh good there for George Petaway.
1: Yeah. I mean like, well, and, and well, part of the problem too, is they brought two of them in, right? They brought uh, a day and Petaway um, from a recruiting standpoint, Petaway is, is, is the, uh, the more talented guy, but um, in terms of college production, a is the more talented guy. Right. So I got to believe it's going to be some kind of split between the two um, at this point. i don't really know what so, to predict that to be though
0: so in 2028 or 2020 in 2018 rb1 got 43.62% and rb2 got 35.57 so and then you had a smattering of guys that just kind of took a little bit here and there and then in 2019 it was 63.73% for rb1 and 36.27 um for RB, two, So, 2018, he had three running backs that he used uh, from time to time, and then 19, two running backs, so like a 60-40 split.
1: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, it'll be interesting. This will be one of the teams I'd like to pay attention to in the spring just to kind of see how things shake out in terms of maybe get some word on what that offense is looking like and if one of these running backs is kind of taking uh, taking the lead over the other. All right, uh, moving on to the last team for tonight, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns.
0: All right, and no changes here for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. So, Justice, what do we have here for players leaving?
1: So they do lose uh, quarterback Zeon Chris. Um who, uh, you know, I think some people were excited last year in the, in the fantasy world, um, but he moves on to Houston, where I'm assuming he's going to battle Donovan Smith for that starting job. They lose uh, running back slash receiver Jacob Cabote, who is out of eligibility, wide receiver Peter LeBlanc out of eligibility, and tight end Neil Johnson is also out of eligibility. Uh, quarterback uh, Chandler fields returns and then last year's starter uh, at least for the beginning of the year before he got hurt uh Ben Wooldridge returns as well um I assume it's going to be a battle between the two of them to kind of see who will uh, take the starting reins at running back they return uh, Draylen Washington their second leading rusher last year 515 yards two touchdowns kibotti was their leading. Uh, Rusher last year with seven hundred twenty-nine yards and seven touchdowns. They also return uh, Zylan Perry and Bill Davis at running back, going over to receiver. Their leading receiver returns that was Jacob Bernard, uh, thirty-nine catches, forty on forty-five targets, four hundred seventy-six yards and a touchdown, thirteen uh, percent target share. They lose LeBlanc, their second leading receiver, their third leading receiver Robert Williams. Uh, returns last season he had uh, 31 catches for 385 yards and four touchdowns and their tight end um, neil johnson is out of eligibility uh but from a fantasy standpoint he was someone that was rosterable and startable uh he did have 383 yards and five touchdowns last year their top returning tight end is uh who's a freshman last season terrence carter Uh, and he did have 28 catches for 255 yards and three touchdowns, so it's definitely a name. I think to file away uh, for tight ends, um, you know, tight end. The tight end land, landscape in college fantasy football is always pretty rough, especially here in the G5. So Terrence Carter is definitely a name to file away. Uh, you know, kind of a, a late stab there at tight end. Um, as far as offensive line, they only lose one starter. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know from a fantasy standpoint there's anyone here that gets you excited. I think Chris would have had he had he stayed at Louisiana. Um I mean the all oh, like I said, the only one that maybe I could see people rostering at this point would be Terrence Carter, the tight end, but he's probably not gonna get drafted and you're gonna be able you'd be able to add him through waivers in most leagues. So yeah, not uh not too much fantasy goodness here in Louisiana.
0: Yeah, six and seven team last year, probably very similar. Um, if not, maybe a little bit of a downtick. But then I feel like the league in general has some downtick teams, so that they might win a game or two by default and actually have an uptick. We'll see
1: all right uh, so that's gonna do it for this week's show uh we will be back next week to finish out this series and close out the sun belt with the other uh seven teams i guess it is um thanks everyone for your support uh please rate review subscribe uh apple podcast spotify youtube uh, follow us on twitter at g5 hive um if you have any comments questions uh future show topics anything you want to see you know don't feel don't be bashful hit us up um we'll be happy to answer any questions or you know can take into consideration any kind of you know what the content is that you guys want to see um especially here in the off season right uh as we're, we're you know we're trying to look for content um we'll be scouring the spring games spring news uh that we can share with you guys and Hopefully, have some um, exciting things coming up here in the very near future.
0: And then, if there, if you guys listen to Chasing the Natty this week, and you listen to Justice and I talk about teams, um, like Justice mentioned at the beginning here, you know, we're trying to hit every single team, so we're not doing deep dives into every team. If there, if that's what you guys want to hear, the deep dives into some teams, feel free to uh, DM us uh, a team. Or two that you're really interested in, we'd be happy to do a deep dive into those teams or two because we could literally talk about a team for you know a half hour ish um, easily. So feel free to drop those in our DMs either at probasco luke at the g5 hive or i guess at g5 hive. There is no the at g5 hive or you can find justice at justice underscore 2318. But thanks, thanks a lot, guys. And uh, we will see you next week. <inaudible> <inaudible>